Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week. What? Hmm? What are you doing? Timing. Go ahead and start. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. Wow, that was very, that was loud. Uh, This week's episode is 245 for July 22nd, 2020. Our top Patreons this week are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Sour. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Klingspore, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Levi Hogue, Keith Decent, why not? And of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. And a speedy recovery to Gangi, please. Yes, all the love to Gangi. Yeah, surgery soon. What um what um what are you working on there, Bill? What's going on? Are you building a laundry basket? What is that? Um, I am not building a laundry basket. I, I am working on emptying the laundry basket, then filling it back oh. up. Oh, so it's a, just an actual laundry basket? Yes, yes. Okay, 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 yes. okay. Uh, no, okay. not working on anything yet. I, I'm still toying with my uh, pallet and uh, hairpin leg, hairpin table leg chair idea. So yeah. that's, that's How do you that. toy? Well, like, what's, the, what's your process for toying? Toying actually means spending time actually building it in my head. Mm-hmm. I do that like quite a one often. to one. Yeah, well, it, well, you know, I spend time with myself, and I'm in great company. So, uh, but yeah, seriously, at work, driving around, I'll actually um, pull over somewhere, and it's just like I'll, I'll have this idea, and I'll okay, okay, what if I do that? And I make this cut, and I'll do that, and I got to do here, and I go weld this thing here, and da da Now I don't like that; it wouldn't work. So I'll take it back apart, and I actually pull it back apart in my head how I just put right. it together to see where mm-hmm. that slip up was. I don't know; it seems weird, but. No, that's what so I that's do. Toying. I think we all do that yeah. exactly the same way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's toying with the idea. Toying. Yeah. You know what? I almost I like enjoy it. that more than the actual building sometimes, right? Because you can do it very quickly in your head. It's almost like um, it's almost like some sci-fi movie where like the guy reaches into space and moves knobs and stuff around, and then it manipulates something on a screen. You know, like a minority report or something. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoy that process. Now, what Great about, flick, what about by the way. It's all right. What about with the CNC? Now, isn't that somewhat what you do on a CNC when you're making the picture and the program and the parts? And the- yes, but I'm not as fast on the computer as I am in my brain. So, <laughs> but it- no, 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 I get that. But I mean, do you get to a certain point? Like, if you're designing a chair, you you make all the pictures for the cutout. Do you catch it? It's like, oh man, that's not going to work because that. Thing yeah, this part. sometimes like, um, I mean, I'm not super experienced with that kind of stuff because basically I'm cutting out just like guitar shapes. That's like mostly what I do. And there's very few, you know, it's it's three dimensional, but it's like just two parts that got to go together. That's it. If that, sometimes it's even none. It's just like a fingerboard that gets glued on. But so, yeah, but when you're making like, um, like a box, you know, and you're like tab A and the slot B and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, it's real easy to to catch yourself like oh wait I, just like regular woodworking though, it's like oh I didn't take into consideration the thickness of the material because that's like what I always forget you know like, oh yeah it's like the thickness of the material but yeah. you'd still go through the toying process regardless yeah oh yeah absolutely but you do it you know either sometimes you might you might do it while drawing vectors um, but you I mean I'll still like I'll stop and do it in my head and then go back to the vectors almost every time yeah exactly yeah. I think so that process of, is independent. Yeah. yeah. So toying would be almost like a pre-prototype, right? Because prototype would be the next step where you give mm-hmm. it a go. Maybe not the, to scale, maybe not with the most expensive, uh, cheaper material. Uh, Jimmy just did his video on um, coming up with a new push stick, right? Where he kind of, I've got this idea, and he, he started off on the bandsaw, and he cut out the basic shape, then he split it in half so he can make two, and they'll be the exact same size, and he did this, and he went, oh, that's not going to work. And then when he finally mm-hmm. got it, to where he wanted it, he took a picture of what he liked, put it on the CNC software, and then pulled the shapes out of that. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but he did it. Yeah, the video. no, no, it sounds that way. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just think that like no matter what you're doing, whether it's metalworking, uh, you know, woodworking or CNC work, or anything like that, there's always that initial. I want to call it like mental sketchup, where you go yeah, part yeah. by part by part, and you like just think through how this is going to work. Like that's fun to do. 
I also like to just on the fly. Okay, here's a piece of wood. Here's a piece of wood. Here's a piece of wood. Let's see how they could best go together. I think one is fun and one is is more product based. But well, I think regardless more... you, of how you're going to put it together in the end or how you're going to build it in the end, you're always going to have the toying. Mm-hmm. If you do, if you have a very specific thing in mind, like a, a guitar shape, right? Like you've made two or three of them. You've got an idea for a little bit different. I'm going to make this thing. It's probably because of the, the past experience where when you're coming up with a new thing, that toying becomes a little bit more uh, involved. And then the prototyping again, because I should do more prototyping than I do. When I do do it, it's necessary because prototyping also allows you to discover, uh, to, to, to embellish what you're trying to come up with. You know, because when mm, you actually sure. can hold something, it's like, well, this is okay, but what if I try this? And you can just toss that over your shoulder and keep trying it just by changing the shape, the size, making it thicker, thinner, adding a little, you know, thing over here. That's what the, you can only do so much in your head is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. I can I can get the basic shape and the fit and the you cuts know, and you know the, everything, the, but the video I'm working on for next week is almost exactly this I just realized that uh, I made that guitar rack that goes in the back of my truck and I start right. the video off with like saying like I'm gonna put a guitar rack here I want the guitars to go like this and I've thought about it a hundred times but now I'm at the point where I need to start cutting stuff out because I've, I've exhausted it in my head I got to this point where I was like overcomplicating all these things I was like you know what let me just start cutting stuff and then solve it you know yeah that's yeah because yeah, sometimes that toying thing just reaches a dead end you know you got to you got to fill it and hold it. It's called iterative design, right? You make something over and over and over again, and each one is better than the last because you yeah. see mm. the physicality of it. Yeah. Experimenting too is just like it's so much creativity goes into the experimenting process. Yeah. I love it. Mm. Yeah, because you could definitely go two steps forward and have to come back one step. Go okay, I went a little far with that. It was too thin, a little bit too delicate. Let me come back and beef it up a little bit because so it could support it. I wasn't paying attention to grain direction. It snapped along the yeah, grain. Yeah. Yep. There's all kinds yeah. of stuff that like it there, helps you. And there's times too where not only two steps. I've gone halfway through a project, and not that I didn't, I couldn't have finished it, but it's just like I'm halfway through a project. I, I'm like, you know what? I've got a different idea now. That gave me an idea which has nothing to do with this. So that goes in the scrap bin, and I'll start over again because what I was making it just gave me that that thing it's like oh man this would be hmm. so much better it's going to be different but it's hmm. but now I wouldn't have thought of that had I not started this one thing you know what yeah. I mean hmm. well that's why I've got five projects on my bench that likely <laughs> will never get finished yeah right well yeah. that's why you can pull up old projects that are halfway done usually that's what happens yeah. it's like right. you know you, you got sidetracked with either something better or, or a different you know thing. But More I like it when it's something better I like when what I'm working on inspires me to make something even better yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. that's the dream mm-hmm. hmm. Tim what are you working on um well like I mentioned that that guitar stands uh which I you know it's that same sort of process that I was like, well, how am I going to make it? Because the idea is that I want these guitars to go in like a rack, like almost like picture like a gun rack, but for guitars. Or they just they all slide in on their side, and it's a very common. I said that for Bill's sake. It's a very common. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of the Wayne's World. Um, she gets some. She gets. Happy birthday, Wayne! I got you a gun rack. He's like, I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. <laughs> I don't remember that. Also, we broke up three months ago. <laughs> That's funny. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, but so, you know, they kind of just sit on their side. And this is a very common design. But the idea is I wanted to be able to just leave them that way and not have to take them out and put them in cases when I drive. So I wanted to make them somewhat secure. And uh, and it seems to work. I did a – I mean, I drove around with a camera on them for a half hour um, through town on the highway. Potholes? Yeah, everything. Nothing, you know. And then I did a a couple brake checks in the, the driveway at my shop. Which was, I didn't get going really fast because, like, that's frightening to do in a 10,000-pound truck in a driveway. Right. But I just, you know, I, I just went, and jammed on the brakes and locked them up. I did it twice with the camera on it, and they didn't move an inch. And granted, I wasn't going 50 miles an hour hitting a, a brick wall, but if you're going 50 miles an hour and you're hitting a brick wall, like, I don't really care about the guitars anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the least of your concerns. Right. My concern is I don't want them to be projectiles and hit someone in the back of the head. Like, that's... that's can, I, can I interject mm-hmm. another idea for for the van for the guitars 
that you don't have to change it. I just want you to have this in the back of your head. Go. Kaizen. On the wall. I'm just thinking that. I was just thinking that. Well, it's going to say it. You can, go, you can go opposite, right? One guitar this way, turn the next one upside down like slices pizza. And then, uh, so you yeah. can get more in the space. But if you can get a sponsor with some Kaizen. It's funny. They'd be happy I mean, to do that. you got a lot of wall space. Do you have, do you not know? I mean, I'm, are you like literally like breaking into my house or tap, tapping into my computer like in your stalking? Oh, do you know Brian from BP Way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has another business called kaizeninserts.com yeah 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 I went to kaizeninserts.com because it's in Wallingford my hometown in Connecticut and I got a bunch of pieces of kaizen from him his cutoffs I raided his cutoff pile and I used that in the the design I cut slots that the guitars slide into in the rack and then I padded it I didn't pad my whole truck out because that's just silly but <laughs> no 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 yeah. but, but seriously if you made one wall one of the small walls with kaizen can you imagine having the guitars like like a, a tool wall. Well, that is one of yeah. the one of the ideas. For a display. Yeah, one of the ideas. I don't want to have a big kaizen rectangle with a guitar shape cut out and on the wall. I do have plans to have guitars permanently mounted on the wall while I drive. Um, I started with this rack that's more about volume, but I have a design in mind to have at least one, maybe two guitars that are wall mounted on the truck that are secure while I drive. That you can then just—it's like a spring-loaded thing, and then you can just pull them out and play them. I like Bill, answer his question though. Answer his question about the about the, uh, the tapping in my computer about the stocking. Yeah, yeah. about the stocking uh, and the hacking. I I tried. I just I'm not good with computers. That's all I can. Say. <laughs> right. That's like that's, that's the only thing holding him back. By the way, right, right. Yeah. That's like half. If the, he was good with the computers, half the video he'd have your social security. Like number. if you were if you were able to screen grab, I have the two screens open right now. Like half of the video was like on the other screen, and it's it's me at Brian's place, <laughs> like walking around and showing me around the place. It's awesome. Wait till you see it. Uh, I mean, well, Phil, Crazy. wait till you see it, because <laughs> apparently Bill already has. <laughs> He's already saw it. Yeah. Um, besides that, uh, I'm very excited about. Um, well, I got my truck back. It was at the shop, and and it's all been mechanically gone through. Like everything's been fixed. I got four new, or four of the six tires are new on it now. Two of them were still good. The other ones are just old. You know, uh, they're more yeah. than ten years old. They're thirteen years old and starting to dry rot. So it's just like you know what, just change them. You know, and um, right. yeah, it's all it's running like a champ. Uh, yes, Bill. Um, Eric is a, a lot nicer person than you think he is because well, when he was telling you, oh yeah, it needs bushings, <laughs> it didn't just need, it didn't have it bushings. It didn't have Tim. bushings. I know they were just gone. They're, the bushings didn't. Exi- yeah, I'm just like, yeah, the sway bar bushings are gone. Yeah, I thought those so were interesting. Basically, you have a sway bar. Um, what would you say? Like a, a um, boundary. Right, so it won't yeah. actually flop everywhere, Off, yeah. but it's not actually holding it in place. It's it's free to move around the cabin. It was the sway bar, y- you know. I mean, and I totally that sound is unmistakable since he played it in the video, like he made that happen. And I totally heard that sound while I was driving. And I just figured it was like my of tailgate. You did. Yeah, who would? <laughs> Everybody around me in a thirty mile radius heard it. Um, and I was just like, I was like, oh, it's a big old clunky truck. I was like, maybe it's my tailgate. I'm like, you know, I'm like that's one of the reasons I'm taking it to Eric. So Eric, he, you know, he calls me up and he's like. He's like, did you hear any weird clanging? I'm like, well, of course I heard some weird clanging. He's like, I found it. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad he found it, and he was yeah. very nice about how he said, "Oh yeah, you need some, you need some bushings." Yeah, it was, yeah. So yeah, need some bushings. You know, you should have a little area for drinks on the truck, either um, alcoholic or otherwise, and just make a sign and call it the sway bar. Yeah. <gasps> Look at that insert of. Is that witty or? It's, it's, cl- Wit. it's clever. Okay. I'm not really planning clever. on just driving around with the alcohol on that truck anytime soon. You could have a little. You could have a Keurig or something, a little coffee machine. Call that the sway bar. Come in, have a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, at the sway bar, have a come a little coffee. Take a look at these guitars. I could just I put a metal. I could just put a metal pipe on it. Just call that the sway Actually, bar. Actually, if you just left a metal That's... pipe floating around, bumping into stuff in the back of your truck, that would represent the sway bar that was actually in the Right. It would recreate the sound for me everywhere I go. Yes. <laughs> Who needs a stereo? Like way less clever than my idea. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I did that. And then I, I also, the reason, one of the reasons I'm not going to put a sway bar in is that I just got my DOT number today, although I still have some stuff to do for that because it's Ooh. like, it's kind of... It's like I'm right on the fence of weight and size and usage and stuff or whether like I could probably yeah. get away without a DOT number, but as soon as I put like my logo on the side of the truck, they're going to be like where's the DOT number, you know. 
So yeah, uh, it's commercial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I got that today, and so my guess is is that they're not going to like the idea of there being a, a <laughs> alcohol bar in the back of it. <laughs> I'm saying you could do coffee too. Okay, Jeez. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I'm really excited about is that my I've been talking about the you know the piece of redwood you gave me, Bill, and how I was saving that for my bass guitar kit reveal video. Um, the bass necks just came in today. Um, so I've, I've got four boxes of bass necks in the other room, and they're beautiful. They are incredible. Uh, I can't wait to try one. Like actually play it, but like the the um, you know, because I I've bought from overseas manufacturers before in bulk, but these I had custom made. You know, my materials, wow. my specs. Um, I mean, it wasn't like like custom made from scratch, but it was custom made from picking from a you know a list. Basically, I was like, I want this style, these, this size hole, you know, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and. Um, and they're just, they're just awesome. Like I, I, I was super impressed compared to the last order of guitar necks I got in and the quality of those. I was like, eh, you know. And a couple of them came in damaged. I had to re- do returns and stuff. But these are, like, I've got a factory in China now that I have like no problem asking the manufacturer parts for me. Like they're just nice. They're just incredible. Um, I mean, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I can't wait to try one. I can't wait to play it. So I'm hopefully gonna get going on that, you know, bass guitar kit uh, video so I can start selling these and you know. Because I'm broke from buying. <laughs> Makes sense. I had to buy fifty. We call that being inventory heavy. Oh, I'm definitely inventory heavy and pay my mortgage light <laughs> with this st- right. stack of yeah. necks. Yeah. But uh, I think they're going to make great kits. I'm really excited about this kit. I think it's going to be better than the guitar kits, which are back in stock. Newperspectivesdot.com. <laughs> How about you, Phil? Um, I did some home repair stuff today. Actually, this morning the uh, the toilet in our bathroom stopped working, so my wife said to me, "It flushes just the one time, and then it doesn't refill." So I was like, "Okay, let me take a look, see." So I do my old Google foo, and okay, it looks like the fill valve needs to be replaced. She's already downstairs with the kids at this point, so I say, um, "Yeah, we got to replace the fill valve," and she's like, "But I'm bum, very funny." I was like, "No, no, that's a real part that I have to go and buy now." <laughs> PA child. Um, Anyways, it was funny, but uh, do you have well yeah. water? No. In your city water. I found that we have well water, so it's hard. It has a lot of minerals and whatever in them, and uh, and so that we have yeah. to clean and replace all that stuff like way more often than people with city water. What is yeah. way more often though? I mean, well, like I have to clean my my bathroom and drains. Not the kitchen as much, but something about the mixture of toothpaste and shampoo and stuff. Like, I mean probably two three times a year I have to take them all apart because the hard water just like grabs that stuff and forms sludge in the uh, pipes and it's what? disgusting why don't you get a water softener for your inbound water and then you don't have to do that well I guess I could do that but it that tastes really good, good we have really you. nice yeah it tastes really good you know it's good for you you only think that because that's what you know and then anywhere else you drink water you're like oh this water tastes funny but if someone came to your house they'd be like this water tastes. Oh, funny. they absolutely would say it tastes funny because it's from a well and it tastes different. But I just, I just watched this whole thing about minerals, uh, mineral water, and like, uh, and the the mineral content and blah blah blah. Like the last thing you want to do is drink distilled and unfiltered or filtered water and distilled water. And blah, blah, blah. If you are actually taking the time to maintain your plumbing because of the hard water, you've got nothing to worry. That's about. exactly. But it abs- yeah. but it, it just but sucks. It you have to do it. Does yeah. yeah, yeah. So like this, this. Uh, toilet is original to the house, so it's like 45 years old or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my, my wife's like, why don't we just replace the toilet? And I was like, well, the toilet's like $250, and the fill valve is 20 bucks, yeah. and I'll pick one up on my way home today. Yeah. It took 10 minutes to do, so yeah. that was easy peasy. Never replace the toilet unless you have to. Like they're yeah, I mean, like I was like, who's gonna let's do that? Hear, let's hear this bad experience, Tim. Oh no, I've never done it. I because I know better. But I've heard other bad experiences. It's no, well, no, it's not that hard. It's ever just told heavy you and it's annoying. Hard, they're they're fooling you. It's well, I know it's just that beeswax seal is is a little nervous. It's, it's only one water connection in and then one out, right? I mean, it's not that the, <laughs> the beeswax yeah. seal is just yeah. you scrape out the old one, you put the new one in. It's, yeah. it's it, it, trust me, this is like it's it's. Number twenty-seven on the things that you already do that are way harder than that on a daily basis. Sure, I think my reason for not wanting to change is that the old one is probably better than any new one you're going to get. Yeah, because the new ones are all low flow. Mm, yeah, which is better for the environment, but they also don't work. <laughs> but, but it's not just yeah. that they're low flow, but you can get like the taller ones are nice as we get older. Especially for you, you're like six ten. You can get a little bit taller. Yeah. 
So the yeah, sit-down process for me, is yeah. a little easier. You may not feel it now, but you will in a few years. <laughs> you don't know how tall my toilets are, Bill. Have you the boot, the been in here, been the here measuring my it? toilet height? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that he did a long time ago to me. <laughs> that's, that's old news, dude. That's old news. <laughs> what else, Phil? Um, so, what else? What else? What else? Oh, so I decided that I was going to... Um, I, I found this old, I don't know, 10 or 15-year-old laptop in the house. I don't know how makery this is, but anyways, I wall-mounted it because I thought it was cool because I turned it into a server for the house. So it's like a print server and it's a media center and it's all kind. It's a whole bunch of different things. It's actually interesting. There's one called, there's a thing I have in there called Pie Hole <laughs> and it basically stops all advertising for anybody connected to my Wi-Fi. So anytime you see a banner ad, it's blocked and instead it says like something not found or whatever. So it spe- actually speeds up your internet because you're not using bandwidth to download ads anymore. And then you look at the back end of it and it's just like 20,000 ads blocked today. It's crazy how much junk wow, we are served wow. on a daily basis. So so that that's cool. And uh, and so I found an old hard drive and so I wall mounted that also. And like um, earlier today, I thought it'd be cool to make my own custom USB cable. So I took a long one. I measured how much I needed. I snipped both ends, soldered the connections, did the shrink. So it's like it's got this tiny little USB cable going from the hard drive to the uh, to the server, and it's all wall mounted. So that, like, I know I showed my networking rack or whatever before. Now the server's wall mounted. Now the hard drive's wall. So it's a cool little corner in the office. So that was some fun uh, makerizing. Post some pictures of that. I would like to see it. I, I will. I'll mm. do that. Uh, and actually, the power cable for the hard drive was too short. So the USB cable I shortened, and the power cable I lengthened. I spliced in some longer cables. That was fun. Um, got to use my electronics bench there. And I don't know if I talked about the picture frame that I made with my daughter last week. Yeah, you Talk mentioned a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to. I did a little bit more of that. You know, I did some edge profiles on it and stuff. Um, anyway, so that's just just fun fun stuff. Oh, and my and my little uh, waiting pool, little pool that the kids have. Yeah, it's it's currently um, it's currently full of algae. Mm-hmm. So, trying to shock treatment and tossing some bleach in there, maybe maybe fix that up. It's I don't know. Full time job, those things. It's actually more work than a real pool, because <laughs> there would be a lot. I don't know. There's the the filters actually work on a real pool, yeah. whereas this one they don't. So I'm skimming all day long. Yeah. It feels like I'm paddling a canoe. <laughs> So fun times. Oh, enjoy that. Okay, let's let's move on to our um, topic here, which of course is uh, WWGFD. Everybody knows what that means. Yeah. Um, uh, but really, what this topic is about is is value, and so we're talking about the difference between time and money and how they're interchangeable. And I think I've said it in the podcast before, but if you boil down everything. Right. If you boil down commodity, bartering, whatever the case may be is, we trade the last currency that there is, which is time, a portion of our lives in exchange for money. So if you're an employee, then you're basically trading your time to your employer for cash. If you're an entrepreneur, such as Tim and myself, who are both self-employed, um, you are tra- you're trading it to clients in exchange for some form of work. So. When we talk about what we do for fun or for a living here, the calculus always has to be about time, right? Like if it takes you 10 hours to do something and you're only making 100 bucks, it's time to go back to the drawing board. And even if we're doing it just, 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 just for fun, how much time are you willing to sink into a project before you're like, this is never going to work. I'm spinning my wheels. Scrap it. Let's move on. Well, that's where value comes in, right? I mean, isn't it? What is the what are you getting out of doing that? If you're spending ten hours to make this thing just for fun, but you're learning along the way, that's value. Yeah. So right, the I would, is the I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah, but unless you're all oh, the whole ten hours has just been this frustrating, banging your head against it, trying to fudge it, because I will do that sometimes. I will. I'll look at something. I'll be like, yeah, this is finished. I should just start over. I've made too many mistakes on this. It'll just never work. Instead, <laughs> what I do is. Like, what if I just sand it a little bit more here? What if right. I just hit it with a hammer a little? Oh, that didn't work? And then it's, yeah, <laughs> somehow that didn't work. Hammers. I mean, technically all of that, though, is experience, right? That That's going to add to the back to the back end of your knowledge 
cash. Um, so there's still some kind of value to it there. I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is when it's, it's very cliche, but we say, you know what, that's not even worth my time. That's actually a real thing, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to. Yeah. It's it's this wouldn't be worth my time because it's not the the reward for this thing, which normally is money, right? But the reward for this thing isn't going to make up for the time I put into it, you know. And right. So, at what point do you discover that, hmm. understand it, and then do something about it? Because I will do those first two things, and then the last mm-hmm. one I will do nothing about and just soldier on, banging my head against the bench. I, I think that's what the the whole curve that learning curve is all about and, and I use this example you said to bring it up again uh, I've worked for car dealerships before I worked I've managed service departments for car dealerships and you got the young mechanic that's fresh out of school he knows everything and then the the manufacturer will have a recall and a recall is simply something they say hey we we know of a problem we're gonna pay to fix this we're gonna but we know how long it should take we're gonna pay eight hours to replace this thing well, the mechanics that have been doing this forever, right, they love that because they can do that eight-hour job in seriously a couple of hours. But the manufacturer is still going to pay eight hours. This, this is like it's just a given. You do this thing, we pay you eight hours. So they can do they can do four of those things in a day. They're going to get paid for 32 hours with a work or eight times four, whatever that is. That's um, right. Is it 32? Oh, my math. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, math. hey. I told you math. But anyway, the, the young it. guy, he's just out here. This is foreign to him. He's actually going to spend 10, maybe 12 hours fixing this thing that's mm. only going to pay for eight, right? But right. he cannot get to the point where it's only taking him two hours until he spends 12 hours learning it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's paying your dues. Um, I wonder at what point you stop, like, I don't know, it's weird. Because I know, like, I have the experience. I know this is not going to work. Stop doing it. Start over. And I think you meant to mention this in the pre-show, bills, like, as reclaimers, our material cost is usually nil, right? Like right. I could just pick up the next pallet and just start over and it literally costs me nothing. Instead, I will continue to massage this and sand it and flatten it and move it and do whatever. So I think it's less about experience from on a, like a mechanical level and more about the wisdom of knowing when to give up on a project and just well, start clean with another three-quarter inch piece. It's because you're perceiving value in that wood because you've already done some cutting and some sanding. Exactly. So you're perceiving... Yeah. It's opportunity you're not, cost. You're not willing right? to give up on that time yet. You're like, if I add a little more time, I can still gain the value of that time that I already put yeah, into you, you it. Don't want right. to call that, you don't want to call that wasted time. Right. You don't want to say that time it's is wasted. It's called giving up. I don't want to give up. Well, that was like, I just right. mentioned that a few weeks ago with that bass guitar I threw in the dumpster. <laughs> I was like, eh. Right. You know, like at the time, it was like, oh i've got i've got value in this but after a couple months that value didn't seem that important you know because value shifts at some point to to answer your question phil at some point you are going to have enough of of those experiences in your tool bag to be able to to do that less and less right unless Mm -hmm. unless you introduce teaching right now when you introduce teaching jake or emmy or the baby doing something (laughs) Then, yeah. then it becomes exciting again. It's like now I'm going to take 25 hours to mm. build this cutting board or whatever it is, right? Yeah, because who cares? So, right, so becomes, I know what you mean. It becomes fun again. So now you can pull back on that. All those times when it's like, well, Jake's going to want to sand that a little bit more, thinking he could fix this, and he's not going to be yeah. able to. And you get to sit back and rub your hands and go tee hee tee hee hee. <laughs> Did you know that AJ is three years old already? Crazy. What? What? He. He's been born during the time that we've been doing this podcast. Well, he was like conceived during. Well, I thought he. Personal. I thought he was born at the beginning. Well, not of this one of the episodes. nineteen shutdown. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, that seems and like three Emmy, and a half years ago. Yeah, something like that. And Emmy was just like literally a baby. She was maybe three or four months old. Yeah, she had just been born. She's when we five. Started, yeah. Yeah, but yet your wow. yet your uh, the technical name of your YouTube channel is still Jake and Emmy's dad, and I don't know how AJ That's feels right. about that, but. Uh, Oh, and, well, and the other one. And the other one. Because I have a sign in my garage, and I actually have a T-shirt that I wear, and it says Jake and Emmy's Dad Workshop. Yeah. When he learns to read, he's going to be upset. Yeah. yeah. As of this man, you didn't make the cut. Sorry. He's the third, you know. <laughs> Got to get used to disappointment. You're my little latchkey kid. Yeah. <laughs> Your daddy's There's little mistake. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. Well. Um... Yeah, it's interesting because 
I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. There is this concept of opportunity cost. Like you've got sunken costs into this thing. I've put in five hours. I've put in six hours. Maybe if I just massage a little bit more, I'll be able to save it. I'll be able to reclaim it rather than spending another five hours getting to where I already am. And I think that's always the math you're trying to do when this thing is, you know, sinking. That was you know, the, the, here's something. I was gonna say here's something I've done with things before. To just pull that Band-Aid off because you, you you know you're you're it's like not another minute doggone it not another minute am I going to spend on this I know this isn't going to work instead of throwing it out setting it aside immediately or try to break it back down right make it in mm. make it into material mill it just just cut mm. it back up and stack it away and that way it's like okay you know what I just took ten hours to mill down one pallet but at least I've got it milled and most of it's sanded pretty so I can use that for something else. So yeah. inst- instead of chucking it, at least like, okay, I'll, now I'll try and preserve the last of my ego and my dignity. <laughs> I've done that. I think, I think well, it has to be a certain size to begin with. Like, you can't, like, when right. I, you're making a four by six picture frame. Yeah, no, that goes in the scrap heap. But if it's like, if you're making a board that's like 12 inches or longer and I get to that point, sometimes I'll, I'll do exactly that. But I'll go right to the chops and I'll cut it in half. Like, I can't, yeah. okay, this is not going to work for the project anymore. Now it's a smaller project, you know. True, but do you know how yeah. many little pieces that I've sanded that, I, that I've that i screwed up since I've started making cigar box guitars that I have a special box now because they're perfect for bridges and nuts? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so if you're, if you're building something like for the whiskey boxes, do you make your own little knobs to open the drawer? Well, it's like, well, I started off as a pallet. Now I've got 300 knobs for my next whiskey box that I can use. Yeah, that's right. To come up Lifetime with supply. Yeah. Mm. Come up no, with it's something. a good point. Yeah. It's a good point because there always is a little thing. And and I am very guilty of of hoarding. You know, you get like nice wood, right? Like I still have offcuts and strips of either walnut. I have some strips of the chestnut that I got from Tim. And that's not – if I bought the wood and I bought like eight-quarter, 12-foot-long boards of this stuff – this would all be burn or garbage or whatever the case may be, but this is like the last vestiges of something nice, and who knows? And actually, I took a few strips of walnut and maple, and I turned it in, and I laminated them into, um, you know, a picture frame material. So, like, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have done it. It would have been a solid piece of whatever, but I'm hanging on to this nice stuff. So, you're right. It just gets smaller and smaller, but it doesn't make it less... Be, also think about it this way too it still does retain some value because you've already put the time into sanding it or maybe even finishing it right you can actually yeah. utilize that you don't if you have that small piece now when you go to reuse it you're going to spend less time doing those things to it because it's partly done or, or is it right yeah I look through that pile first before I go back to the pile of bigger stuff like if I need a 4 right, by 4 the cutoff is just a cutoff it still right. needs to be I start there it still needs it, to be worked and it's always like it's it never fails it's like I need a 4 by 4 and it's, everything's 3 and a half by 3 and a half and I end up going you know but you always like sometimes you get lucky <laughs> you know? yeah yeah I do I do it's like it's uh so I the way I have it set up is I the one of the first things I ever made for the house was a set of cubbies for the kids so it was two cubbies high by four cubbies wide or long, however you want to do it. So um, it's not the prettiest thing I've ever done. So I remade one at one point and replaced that in the basement. So my wife's like, okay, I guess you could throw that out now. I was like, throw it out? This is perfect for the workshop. So I set it on its side and now it's two wide and four high and I use it as a place to put all of my off cuts. And so the smallest stuff is at the top and it gets bigger and bigger as it comes down. So whenever I want to go for make something for a project, you know, exactly like you just said, Tim. I'm the first thing I do is I go, okay, how big do I need? Okay, and I start looking in order of descending and how nice it is and all that stuff. So I have it organized that way, and I, as much as humanly possible, that's where I'm going. And then I've got sheet goods and stuff that I store somewhere else. But I'm always trying as much as possible to use that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that was because um... it's nice. The, the, I'm not going to keep two by four scraps. But I do keep walnut scraps. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I I have the, the fortune of, of uh, using that for heat for my shop, too. So I can get to a point, because, you know, it does get to a point where it gets a little overwhelming. Like, maybe I shouldn't be saving all this. And so I'll do these clean outs and throw it in the burn yes. pile. And then uh, then I pull it out of the burn pile six months later when I see it again. That happens sometimes, too. <laughs> you know what? I Damn. challenge you, Tim. I challenge you to take all them little itty-bitty pieces of scrap that you're going to burn anyway. Into making a glue up log that you can burn. 
Oh, that might be kind of fun, actually. Instead of, I mean, I've seen glue up this and that, and I'm, I've built a lot of stuff like that myself where I take the cutoffs and glue them together. It might be fun to just, just glue together a log. Maybe that, that be could a fun be video, right? That could be my CNC, my 3D CNC project. I'll, I'll, I'll glue it up into a rectangle and I'll, I'll cut out like a split log with like a knot and like all the barky shapes and that stuff. That would be fun. And just throw and it in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Seven hours That's later. Hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Um, but is there a glue that would be better or worse for for burning? Regular wood glue is not bad. It's yeah, regular wood glue is actually pretty good stuff in general. Like you can yep. kind of, yeah. I think you could probably eat it even if you wanted to, but don't eat it. Don't eat the wood glue. Okay, good because there was that one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that stuff's pretty All this epoxy craze that's going on right now, the river tables and what? Yeah, I probably don't want to burn that though. No, epoxy is pretty nasty. Right. There are some clean epoxies out there, but you don't want to burn those either, so. <laughs> right. You know, don't burn don't burn the epoxy. Um just to, to kind of wrap this up, uh, I think a lot of us as reclaimers already kind of, you know, know this, that, you know, if, if like Phil, you always talk about the good, fast, cheap and the pyramid, it's not even just about like how fast you can get a project, but just in general, like it's 100% like we started with, it's a balance of time and, and product and time and money. And so at the end of the day, mm-hmm. everyone's like, I can't, I can make some things faster than other people and other people can make some things faster than me, right? So I don't try to compete with them. Like if say I can make this coffee table for five hundred dollars and Bill can make it for three fifty. If it doesn't make sense to me to make it for three fifty with my tooling and my experience and how my workflow is, then I'm not gonna make it. Bill gets the job, right? And I think that's important that mm-hmm. uh, you know, a part of what we kinda do in this community is realizing that we're not competing with each other. Like we're competing with right. the box stores. And I think there's there's room for all of us to do what we do. Like you know, I could make a whiskey box but I don't want to make a whiskey box. But people call me up and say, can you make me a whiskey box? I'm like, yeah, I can, but you know what? This guy's going to do it better for probably a better price because I'm going to charge you way too much because I don't want to do it. You know? <laughs> Which is what you... I don't know. I'm pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the idea is that... You know, but um, I know what you mean. You know, if you're going to go into something to be making money and you're going to be making several of them, maybe not in a production line type of setting, but still, like your, your whiskey boxes, that was a pretty... Kept you going. When you were doing them, you were doing them, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you are going to gain the experience. Your your production methods are going to get better, faster, all of that 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 necessary stuff to get your time down, Yeah. right? If, mm-hmm. if you are like, what can I make to sell? Well, don't worry about the time so much in that case, right? If you're like me, I might want to sell that pallet. Uh, hairpin leg chair if I if I do I might want to put it on Craigslist or something and see what I can get for it I'm not going to be so concerned about the time in that because maybe I'm just trying to get more more pallet money out of it I don't, I don't know it's not it's not a again I'm not trying to make a living off of it or I'm not trying you're, to make side hustle or you're making that because you want to make it you have an idea in your head that you want right. to create that's art that's not business mm-hmm. you know right yeah but you and could turn that art into you want to reclaim your cost right but you might but, make but it because then, it's art you get to you get to charge a different value for it right how do I yeah. feel about that because a lot of the things I've made that I really loved right it didn't maybe it had nothing to do with what it cost me to do time or money but I loved it so much I want more money for it if you're going to take this thing that I love seriously away from me, I want more money for it. Or I don't need to sell it. So you as the patron or the, the purchaser, that's art. You're going to have to pay what I want for it. It's mine. Hmm. Right. Hmm. But that comes down to also perceived value versus material value. Right? So yeah. it's it's worth a physical amount based on the market price of wood and metal and, and labor. But now all of a sudden it's exclusive the ve- the seller doesn't really even want to sell it, so now the perceived value just went crazy up. Right, it's right. made from extinct wood that doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? So like, right. that's what marketing is about. It's about changing the value from its material value into a new perceived value, mm-hmm. and that's what I built my entire Etsy store around. Like, pallets are worthless, but I somehow, you know, convinced people that they're worth a lot of money because I put in well, six to eight hours worth to make a box. What you convinced them of is that your time was worth money, your skill and your time. That's, yeah. you know. I told a good story, too. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of it. You know, I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that is part of the value because it's your story. It's the story you're giving them, you know. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I always think. But, of, like, I mean, you go into a store like West Elm or you go into a store like, I don't know, uh, Forehands or whatever the case may be, like. The stuff you're getting out of there, yeah, it's okay, but it's not that much of a step up from from IKEA. 
and you're getting and you're paying a lot more for this stuff but you are getting a great story yeah. and you're going into it's a cool atmosphere of the store and so the perceived value goes up simply because you bought it from what you think is a better store not necessarily because the stuff is actually better yep yeah. so that's where marketing comes in and that's where a positional good is and that's where all that stuff comes in so if you are selling to make money and you are making a production out of it don't just say okay i'm making picnic benches and they're worth 200 bucks make take the time to put a marketing story together make build something that isn't just the physical good around it because that 200 dollars table just went up to 500 because you're a father and a son making it together and you only do it on Sundays because that's the time that you have to make it and uh, you know and, and it, it all this stuff it could be more gimmicky than that I mean, you could, uh, again I'm making a chair out of table legs right so you could say here's a bench made from a fence I mean just yeah, it's a table mar- chair yeah, yeah mm-hmm. marketed is something that's different right I mean just it doesn't have to be it, kitschy is a lot of fun I, I know that yeah, for a fact right. if that's the right word kitschy yeah, yeah. It, kitschy can't be for sure. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. that's another way of adding value is by creating that story or creating that <laughs> kitsch value. You know, and I, I'm sure I've said this before, but I always think of this this bit I heard a stand-up comedian said he he was out there trying to get sets, do 15 minute sets, 20 minute sets. He's charging 50 bucks to go do his 20 minute set, and he wasn't getting booked. He was having struggle and struggle and struggle. So one day he just goes and says, "Yeah, I got a 20 minute set, a thousand dollars." And now he said, "Like now I'm I'm overbooked. I can't keep up." It's because he right. changed the way he perceived his value, and that changed right. the way people perceived him, you know. Sure. I actually heard somebody just told – I saw this. It was like a life tip. Um, it's on Reddit. There's a subreddit called uh, Life Pro Tips or whatever. So somebody wrote, um, if you put something at the end of the, your driveway with a sign on it that says free and you don't have any takers, take off the free sign and put on 50 bucks. It'll be gone in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know, people think they're getting a good deal, or whatever the case may be. It'll mm. it'll go a lot more free. That's probably garbage. You know, fifty bucks, probably a good deal. One of the uh, w- the company before I had made those guitar straps with the the people in Thailand that made them. I was talking with a buddy of mine. He was actually went to college with my wife, uh, and he has a nonprofit. He runs in Peru, and uh, we were talking. Is it Peru? Nicaragua. I'm sorry, Nicaragua. And um, I was talking. To, I was talking to him about doing it. So we've given him stuff over the years. I um, like school supplies and suitcases and clothes and stuff that he brings down to Nicaragua. And uh, the one time we were giving to him in person because we were in the area where he lived and, and uh, he, you know, he was telling me that they, we were like, oh, so you just give this stuff away? He's like, no. He's like, we don't give it away. We, we sell it. And I, I was like, huh? You know? <laughs> he said they have a store where they, <laughs> they sell everything and they sell it, you know, like for like, you know, 25 cents for a pair of shoes, 50 cents for, because it gives it value. So it's not just some, now it's like, it's not just some white people coming and giving a bunch of charity you know, it's like right. um, they've, they've earned it and they respect it, you know, and uh, it's right. not just like some, oh, some more free used American garbage. You know, it's it's like something now that it's, they own it. They earned it. And, uh, and there's a lot of value in that. Well, I agree. Yeah. First of all, you're giving somebody – is honor the right word? Like you Exactly. Know, that is exactly the right word. Honor. I'm you know, not, you don't I'm feel like cha- – like even if it's a negligible amount of money, if yeah. it's a nickel, I bought this. Yeah, this is mine. I earned this I money. Earned I bought this thing. Yep. I don't need your charity. I'll buy my things. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like dignity. There's That's the pride. Word. Yeah, it's, pride is the word I was looking yeah, for. Pride or but um, but it's the exact same model that the Salvation Army uses. Right. You know, like a, like a, an LP for two bucks. What's the two bucks? Yes, I'm sure it as an aggregate, it's fueling the Salvation Army's operations. But for the most part, I think it's it's for the dignity. Hmm. I would think. I think so. Pride and the dignity of the patrons. Yeah. Although I think I think Salvation Army and Goodwill, I mean, I think they rely more on people that aren't in need shopping than they do on providing shopping. Oh, thrifters! Yeah, I think that I think they're try, just trying to get their money <laughs> more. I think that's a bigger this part. Of it. Well, I mean, I remember as a kid going in, in there, and we actually needed that stuff, so yeah. we did use it. Yeah. When we were not thrifting. Yeah. So this might be a good place to insert. Uh, it might be out of order. You have to forgive me. Uh, I'm 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 walking out on my own here, Phil. To talk Uh-oh. about the, the pride and the value, the dignity, and the value that you could get out of becoming a patron of us. Because if you want to know what WWGFD means, the, the title, and there's then some we, value to that. And we feel like we've earned it. <laughs> and we do feel like <laughs> we've earned it. We've you're not just giving time. us money. We've put in and the you'll time feel like you've earned the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So for how much, Phil, could you... What kind of value could you could you give to know what WWGFD means? What we're talking about? 
Well, it's a dollar, but I just want to point out that everything you just said, I don't see a seam. There are no seams. That was seamless. That was beautifully done. <laughs> Bill, honestly, congratulations. That was a stunning piece of broadcasting journalism right there. Oh, my goodness. It was. Uh, in the record books. But to pick up what my brother's putting down here, um, for only a dollar per episode, you get access to the pre-show. And that is where you will find out what WWGFD stands for along with understanding how we come up with these brilliant topics week in, week out. We are just working out there for you guys. And what and kind of cars our parents covet. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's Actually, right. I that think a, a basic one. understanding of the workings of the universe, if mm. you want to be honest about it. 42. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, and for $10, your name gets read out at the beginning as being a top patron. Uh, and it's um, it's just a lot of fun, and we do definitely appreciate uh, the patronage. It's uh, it's what keeps us going here. So um, now I'm gonna have to say it again later, and it's gonna be all awkward. Whatever. No, 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 you, you don't. don't. We we inserted it here. I think we should we should change yeah. it up now and yeah. again, just like this. So you don't have to say it. Oh, uh, hmm. yeah. I don't like change. I don't know if we're gonna. Do that. <laughs> yeah, kinda, I, he's starting to twitch. His eyes twitching already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Oh, it's um, do we have any? iTunes review reviews. I, I got a new one. I didn't, I didn't look. I let me take a look. See. Did I did my job? And we have one new one. It is I think oh. perfect. Yeah, this is new from the nineteenth. That was yep. So this is uh, five stars. Great podcast by M and W K. That's an ampersand. Uh, these three guys. These I'm trying to do your. <laughs> it's not working. No, no, no. I thought I was talking to Christopher yeah. Walken. So well done. <laughs> these three guys. A truck fabricator, I, I can't do it, <laughs> a gunsmith and Canadian businessman seem to know a lot about <laughs> reclaimed woodworking and woodworking in general. I guess they watch a lot of YouTube. Their podcast is full of good information, tips, and as well as humor. Uh, makes the commute easier to take when they ride along with me. Just want to say thanks and keep on going. Wayne's World of Woodworking.com. <laughs> Wayne's World of Woodworking. Thank you. I have to check that out yeah. now. Thank you for taking Wayne, us along on a ride. we love you, brother. Wow. That was very nice. That was a great review. And only... And I got to tell only you... Only Phil got slammed a little was, bit. That yeah. was... Only Phil what? Only Phil got, like, a little dissed. Just questioning your... Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I'm fine. I mean, fine with it. Business? Businessman? Man? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This guy? Well, you're yeah. the Canadian bacon of our breakfast plate, Phil. How's that Better? No? Um, I choose to ignore what you just said. Okay. I second that motion. Um, weekly tip segment I'm reading out here. Do we have one of those? I do, if nobody else does. Go for it. Do Uh, it. It's it's a little, uh, because I want to give some value to uh, maybe a non-woodworking thing or reclaiming thing. Um, This weekend you asked me what I did. I didn't mention that I clean the cars. And when you clean the cars, sometimes you have a dog. And when you have a dog, you have dog hair in the car. I might have said this before. I will say it again. If you want to get the dog hair out of the carpet of your car, you get a small rubber window squeegee. Hmm. The rubber on the squeegee, when you drag it across the carpet, actually pulls the, the dog hair out. You can vacuum over that carpet all day long for 10 hours, and the dog hair will still be intertwined with the fibers of the carpet. But you use a squeegee and it actually pulls that dog hair up and it makes a little ball and then you suck that up with the vacuum makes your life a whole lot better I I just have to mention this because there's a lot of people with dogs out there and uh, this really really works really well it's good for lint on your clothes as well the rubber squeegee but dog hair and a car carpet when you're cleaning out your car rubber squeegee tip from Bill you're welcome in advance I, I love that tip, and it just reminded me of when I was a lazy teenager living at my parents' house that we had a dog that was very shetty in certain times of the year. And my parents would often, like, say, they'd leave a note because they couldn't text back then because it was the dark ages. They'd leave a note that says, like, you know, Tim, vacuum your room with, like, three exclamation points. And because I had an area rug that was always covered with dog hair because that's where the dog slept was at the foot of my bed, you know. And um, and I would, I would put on, like, this, like a... Uh, Chuck Taylor type sneaker, like a Converse sneaker. <laughs> so I put those on and I would drag, oh, yeah. and, and, drag and my foot sideways crossing. into, in a, in a, I got good at it. So it would look like vacuum lines and it was probably, <laughs> it was probably harder to do this than it would be to just grab Absolutely. the vacuum. But yeah. it's just that like, kind of like you were saying about the value and like, yeah, if I keep sanding, if I, you know, look for the shortcut and you know, the older you get, the more you realize that shortcuts actually take longer, you know, but 
But I just that just well, reminded me kind of dragging of, my foot. That's a satisfaction <laughs> uh, satisfaction value, right? The satisfaction you get for recreating vacuum lines with the tennis shoe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I cheated and I won. Right. Right. <laughs> I hope my parents don't listen to this. Do you think that squeegee thing would work with like wood chips in my trunk? Like, like I, I bring home like wood and like plywood or whatever right, in my right. car, and Try so like you get like not as okay, well so because the chips will not stick together; they'll like pop up. It's better for hair because the hair yeah. will clump. The chips. Well, the will problem with wood chips though is they get up underneath the fibers too, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's I mean, it actually gets stuck in there. So yeah, you can try it with the squeegee. If you can pop them out, and loosen them, you can suck them up with a vacuum. Right, loosen and suck. So then, what do you guys do for that, or you don't care? I have a truck. You have a pickup, but what did you do when you had you know Yoda? Um, just, you know what, I, I think because I did that with, for the dog hair, maybe it did work. I don't know. Okay. Mm. I, I, um, if I have to use the van, it's usually for finished product, but there have been times that I've used the van and not the truck and I have a shipping blanket I throw down, which helps. Um, but of course you know my wife has a, a much lower tolerance for that sort of thing. So she usually gets to it before I get to it because she gets, you know, she just wants it cleaner than me. <laughs> so I, that's, I admit I have, it, that's not a, how I get it done. <laughs> here's an additional tip I also use. Um, I have access to, from my work, uh, the commercial uh, rugs that sit like in front of a business store. They're usually the yeah. rubber bottom, the, ru- the yep. short yeah. carpet. You can buy those at Costco. They're fairly cheap, different sizes. Yeah. Buy one of those to throw in your car when you're moving wood, when you're putting your, I put one in Casey's car for, for Danny. So when we, it comes time to clean the car, I pull that carpet out and it's a lot easier to clean that outside. And there's only a little bit inside the car to use. And those are so, better right. than the shipping blanket because they have that rubber bottom. So they don't slide. Like the blanket Correct. will slide with what you're shoving in. That, the the yeah. nubby, the nubby rubber bottoms on yeah. so you don't slide around everything. And sometimes you can get those like at flea markets and stuff for just a couple bucks. And it'll mm. say, maybe it'll say right. the name of the, you know, some of them have the safety signs and stuff on them or whatever, but they're excellent. I have probably a dozen of those throughout my house, the cars, and my shop that I use them for everything. I think you I think you have one of these at your garage. I remember you talking about it, Bill, but I also had picked up at one point in time for a car uh, those cheesy rubber mats that you put in, like, your cubicle that you put under your office mm-hmm. chair. They're, like, clear plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the kind of things that get thrown away all the time, too, and that I used to have in the back yep. of one of my cars. Oh, it's got the spikes. Yep. So it yeah, because so it sticks yeah. to the rug and doesn't slide around. I had that for music gear. You know, uh, that's good. Yeah, that makes a ton. And you of sense. you could that, probably that, that easy to clean get, too. You probably get yeah. one of those. Yeah, because you can hose them off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. pull it out. Hope it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is the, honestly this is in the best tip segment in like <laughs> in like a good two years. So well, I don't thank uh, Danny for it because that's it's yeah. Danny's fault. I don't have the Thanks, I don't Danny. have the name in front of me. I apologize because I don't have the email open. But I got an email just yesterday, the day before, from someone who took a picture of their rock wall in their garden that their wife landscaped out earlier this year. I it, saw that. With yeah, the, yeah. Oh, did it, go, it went to all three of us. Yeah, with the lawnmower that didn't fit around the car. <laughs> took yeah. a picture of his lawnmower. I was like, "Yep, you're gonna be thinking about that the rest of your life." <laughs> we um, I think we got a voicemail, but maybe we'll we'll push it to next week. Uh, you know what? Yeah, no, we have we have two of them. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna put them in right now because we have we have time because we're not gonna discuss them. We're just gonna put them in so they can have their little say about the moving oh. floors or whatever. Oh, and oh my god! The, the I can't new believe. the new in black gold t- sweater. What was it? What was the other one? Yanny Laurel. Yanny and Laurel. It's like the yeah. yeah. So so here you go, you pedantic freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your minute. <laughs> Hi, guys. Ryan here, Huntsman Wildlife, formerly known as Barn Rat Studio. Uh, my grandpappy always told me it's, uh, it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. Phil, how tall are you? Anyways, uh, go- going back to this, this moving sidewalk, uh, did some Googling, and sure enough, uh, I was not exactly in the right. Uh, turns out, moving sidewalks were an American psychedelic blues rock band, uh, perhaps most famous for giving future ZZ Top guitarist Billy Gibbons his start in the music business. Uh, the words we are looking for to describe the conveyor belt walkway is a moving walkway, also known as an auto walk, moving sidewalk, moving pavement, people mover, travelator, travelator, 
and it is a slow-moving conveyor mechanism that transports people across a horizontal or inclined plane over a short to medium distance. There you go. And this is from Marsh Wildman of Wildman Tech. Hey, fellas. When it comes to the moving sidewalk, that is one of its names. But there are other names it's known by as well, like the moving walkway, the auto walk, the moving sidewalk, the people mover. But my favorite is the travelator. Okay, I, I hope I hope we're moving on. I hope we're done with that now. <laughs> well, let, let's wrap it up and just say thank you, everybody. Uh, that this is the biggest response we've ever had from anybody about anything was what, what I want to say. People mover is that what we can decide on is the most accurate. Um, thingamajig I'm call it is a, what I'm going. I'm still with. going with flat escalator. So basically, yeah. we've solved nothing. Thank you, everyone. We, thousands yeah. of responses. Uh, uh, what we're doing, we're putting our fingers in our ears and we're saying, no, 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 we can't hear you. No, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very fun hearing people just... All the horrible things we've said over five years and this is what everybody gets upset about. I, know. <laughs> I got eight people send me the Wikipedia article. Yeah, me too. I mean, group to, as a group, people are sending us stuff individually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Voicemails, pictures. Um, crazy. Yeah. Um, what grabbed your attention this week? I'm going to Tim. Um, okay. Go to YouTube. Go Hang on. Go to YouTube. Going, going. YouTube.com. Okay. And then yeah. type in to search alpha clamps. Alpha, like... And it's just a short little video, and it's got, like, no views. I forget the name of the channel. Um, it's got, like, only, like, a couple hundred... Rob Godshaw. Okay, thank you. And uh, I was too busy typing on this one, so I couldn't actually look it up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a cute little video. Uh, I saw it a couple years ago, and then I, I, somebody made me think of it again. And I wa- and it just cracks me up. He just someone they actually made like A clamps, B clamps, C clamps, D clamps, E clamps. They made like every letter of the alphabet. And they're some of them look like they're actually useful. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just a cute little video. So alpha clamps on YouTube. Check it out. I'll check that out. Like, it looks like it's done well, like good cinematography, yeah, good I, lighting. I feel like I almost wonder if it's not like the original post that I saw because I, I remember seeing it a few years ago and I, I felt like it was longer ago than one that's listed. I'm wondering if it was like on another channel that someone picked it up somewhere. I don't know, but it's but know. there it is. That's the video. It's hilarious. So okay, Bill, I am going to as soon as we're done. Uh, check out iJessup, our friend Jessie Weta. She just came out with her second installment of her tiny house, oh, uh, hoarder house, crackhead house, whatever it was, gross oh, house cleanup and uh, renovation. So part two, and I've been wa- I've been looking forward to this. Uh, it's like thirty six minutes long, and it, so she it's definitely going to be a vlog style. She's like one of the best vlog style YouTubers out there. She does her mm-hmm. videos with the vlogs. It's, she's awesome. So check out Jesse, I Jessup, uh, Ben's sister, and also what caught my attention. And I'm not ashamed to say this: Ben in underwear, Ben Weta in underwear. Dude is ripped. Yeah. The dude is ripped. He wow. is uh, one of the hottest things on the interwebs right now. Is is Ben Slow Weta your roll, in underwear? Bill. Slow your roll. Slow down. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Slow down. It's a competition. He currently is winning, yeah. but I will catch up. So <laughs> I, 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 I know. Slow your roll. Slow down. You're on Team Phil. Okay, let's. Oh no, there's no, there's no Team Ben. I am on Team a, Phil. Yeah. Okay, I'm just sprint. checking. It's not a sprint. Wanna, it's a marathon. You're the reclaimed audio hottest ever in the world, but well, second. Wow. Yeah, second. cool man. man. Of man. the three of us, that's a huge award. <laughs> Thank you. You're at least tied for second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, well, I am I going to sleep well running. tonight? I took myself out because it wouldn't be fair. So, Right, of course not. Yeah. Um, what am I into? Uh, last night I stayed up way too late watching The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> Again. Such a great, great movie. Great, great flick. It I is. mean, like, man, is that good. It held up, too. I watched it recently, yes. a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, it's I still- watched it last night. There's nothing in it that you would be like, this is, you know, uh, it's a, uh, anachronistic, yeah. right? There's nothing in it that you'd be like, man, it doesn't work because it's like, it's set in 1984. And, oh, it works. But still all good. All good. 
Everything. The end. In. The end. He's on the railing. They're floating la, towards la, la. New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, him and is it Andy Garcia? No, it's uh, it's Alec uh, Alec, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Same thing, yeah. basically. It's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, same oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, they're yeah. both the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a great scene. The the, the end yeah. where they're you know riding that puppy into New York. Unreal. Yeah. Mm, three degrees down bubble. <laughs> There's a. I'm, <laughs> Well done, Phil. Make, make your turn, Helmsman. Yeah. Really, very good. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go okay. watch it now. <laughs> so freaking good. Oh, man, is it good. You, I mean, like, you got... There's crazy actors in this movie. Mm. Like, Oh, that was an A-list. James Jones is in it. A-list movie, yeah. 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 Fantastic. Um, our website, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Uh, contact us for show topics, suggestions. Send us in those voice notes. We love hearing them, and clearly, we're all about putting them on the air. So um, all you have to do is record a voice note on your phone and send it to info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. You can also send us stuff, like, typed up and worded You can send email. us anything you want that's not about flat escalators. <laughs> yeah. That is a dead horse we are no longer going to be beating. Um and Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. iTunes, we love those reviews. If they're five stars, we will read them out. Doesn't matter what they say. And Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. I said my piece about that before. I say nothing now. Well done. <laughs> Perfect. And on that note, thanks everybody and have a great week. Bye everybody. Be good. <laughs>